Okay. Vacation is over. Now it's back to the grind. And we don't have Lenten services. Four. Well, three after tonight. Four total counting tonight. It's almost done. Midweek is almost over. It's so sad, isn't it? What's the matter with you? Yeah, it's sad. Sad. Yeah, good. A plus for tonight. Okay, what was the catechism you were supposed to learn or the review? The first, the third, the the second. second. The second. <laughs> first and third, we've already done. We don't need to review the third. You already reviewed that. We did the first last time. Tonight is for the second article. What is the second article of the creed? And in? The Holy Spirit. And in? Jesus Christ. Christ. Okay, stop for a second. How do you know which article is about which person of the Trinity? Anna. Sure, but yeah, just like that's what I was looking for. Like in the Trinity, how do you say the Trinity? It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One, two, three, in that order. So the first article is about the Father. The second article is about the Son. The third article is about the Holy Spirit. Right, so if I say, who is the second article about? You know, the Son. So you say, oh yes, and in Jesus Christ. His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. born of the Virgin Mary, mm -hmm. suffered under Pontius Pilate, mm -hmm. was crucified, died, and was buried. Mm -hmm. He descended into hell. Mm -hmm. The third day he rose again from the dead. Mm -hmm. He ascended to heaven yes. and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Yes, when it says that he's sitting at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, does that mean that, that the Father has this big body and a big bushy beard and there's a seat right next to him and says, well, you come and sit right here, Jesus, and when it's time, you can get up out of your chair and go back down. Is that what that means? No, what does it mean? Okay, he is respected, that's right, because he's at the right hand. What is the right hand? Say that, pretend that this is not a midweek classroom table. Pretend that this is a dining room table, and we're all here. What seat am I sitting in? Do you know what this seat would be called? Yes, the head of the table, and who typically sits at the head of the table? Father. Yeah, the father, the head of the household. Yeah. And then Seth, we'll pretend that you're sitting one chair over because you're the only one on this side. If you're sitting right here at my right hand, what does that mean about you? Um, like, um, it's uh, kind of like, um, it's kind of like not like his, it's kind of like, um, like it's kind of a leader too. Yeah, it's like you're, that's the best seat of, Everybody knows that I'm going to be the one to sit at the head of the table. But who's going to sit at the right hand? Ooh, I don't know. Because everyone knows this seat's already taken, but that one, that's the best seat you could sit in at the right hand. 
to, or, or have you heard the expression, hey, he's my right-hand man. Mm-hmm. I'm the captain, and this here, Joe Blow, he's my right-hand man. What's, who's the right-hand man? My friend Scott. <laughs> okay, so that's your right hand, but what does it mean, uh, Heath? What does it mean that your friend Scott is your right-hand man? Kind of like my second guy. Yeah, you're second in command. If you're the, if you guys are on the ship, you're the captain, and your right hand man is the next guy in charge. Okay, so that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, it means he's the Father's right hand man. It means he's sitting in the seat of honor, a seat of power, and a seat of authority. That's why he comes to judge, because he's the one in the seat of authority. Okay, so the second article of the creed, you've got the text of it down. Good, but here's the big question. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true begotten from eternity, yes, and yes, but who is he to you? Yes, good. He, this is, who is Jesus? Well, he's true God, born, begotten of the Father from eternity. And he's true man, born of the Virgin Mary. But who is he to you? He is my Lord. Ah, what has he done? Who has re... Yes, and who are you? A... Lost and condemned. Yeah, lost and condemned person. And how has he redeemed you? He has... Purchased. Yes, purchased and and one from all from all sins from death and from yes, that's sign language for devil. Uh, not with but with his. With his holy, precious, with his holy, precious blood, and with his good. Why? That I may be his own. That I may be his own and live. Yes, in. In his yes, in his kingdom, and do what to him? Serve him in everlasting righteousness. Uh huh. Yes, just as he mm-hmm. lives and yes. To all. Yes, this is. <laughs> yes, this is most certainly true. Here, remember, this is how I told you to remember this. Everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. R I B. What does that spell? Rib. Rib. R I B. Rib. No, I think Heath. What grade are you in? Surely, R-I-B, you know that, rib, rib, righteousness, innocence, blessedness, rib, that's how you can remember it. 
so uh, that I may be his own and live with him in his kingdom, live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting Yes, let's do this last part again. Just as he is, just as he is, yes, lives, yes, <laughs> you can't forget the end. This is most certainly true. That's like the amen of the catechism. You can't forget the amen when you pray. You can't forget the amen when you go up to communion, even if it's a solo. Remember that from the catechumenate. Even if you're the only one at the very end who says amen and then walks away from the table, be the only one who says amen. I'd rather hear you be the one person that's to say it than know that you're there and know that nobody said it. So just like you say amen, and it's such an important thing, this is most certainly true is that amen of the catechism. So you can't walk away from the catechism without saying this is most certainly true. So I'm guessing I'll have to do another solo? Do another what? Solo. Another cello? Solo. Oh, another solo. I would be happy if you did many more solos, Heath, if that's what it, if that's what it means. I was proud of you when you did your solo the last time. Look at this. We have so much time, and that's good because the reading is a really long one for today, and there's a lot of jumping around. So we have lots of cool stuff to talk about. Okay, but now it's time for the term quiz. And here is the theme of the term quiz. The theme of the term quiz is that all of the terms are first somethings. First. Testament. First things. You'll see what I mean as we go. So therefore it can be very hard. Uh, maybe they're hard, maybe they're not. The only one who knows that is you. All I can tell you is that they are firsts. Number one, Israel's first king. Israel's first king. A little more about this fellow. Prophet Samuel anointed him and made him king by the command of the Lord. And at his coronation, he ran away and hid. Number two, the son of Kenaz and the nephew of Caleb. He was the first judge of Israel. He became Caleb's son-in-law by capturing the, the Canaanite city of Debir. He is the first judge. This is one you have to think about. The very first of all the judges. Number three. Number three, the greatest of the Old Testament prophets who was called by God to speak his word and to lead Israel out of slavery in Egypt to the promised land. He wrote the Torah, 
which is the foundation of the Old Testament. And your bonus point for this one is if you can give me one other name, specifically perhaps one that does not mention the name of this person, write at, down another name for the Torah and you'll get a bonus point. Number four, the first gospel of the Bible. This Latin term refers to the promise of the seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15. It is the first gospel of the Bible, <clears throat> first gospel, and it is the promise of the Christ who would come and take away the sin of the world. Number five, the first man whom God created out of the dust of the earth. His name means man. Through this man's Fill in the blank, sin entered the world. I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me what sin this man committed. Yes? Um, specifically the one committed or like, like, um, you know, like... The root sin. Okay, do you need me to r repeat any, Anna? The second one, yes. The son of Kenaz and the nephew of Caleb. This man became the first judge of Israel. He became Caleb's son-in-law by capturing the city of Debir, which was a Canaanite city. He took an army and he captured it. He is the first Judge. Yes, sir. Four. Yes, this is one we have not had in a while. The first gospel of the Bible. This term refers to the promise of the seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15. It is the first promise of the Christ who would come to take away the sin of the world. It is a Latin term, and it is the Latin term that is the first gospel. But I'm certainly not giving you any hints, because that would be unfair. <clears throat> first gospel. Okay, any more that you need repeated? Okay, very good. Heath, number one. Is it Saul? It is Saul, correct. Yes, yeah, Saul is the first king of Israel. Anna, who is the first judge of Israel? Seth? Gideon? No, see, it's close to Gideon, but it isn't Gideon. Heath, did you know? No. Othniel. He's the one that we don't talk about as often. Othniel. Do you remember his name after I say it? Yeah. Okay. 
You don't. He's the nephew of Caleb. And who is Caleb? Who is Caleb? Nephew of Othniel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're, that is a correct answer. He is the nephew of Othniel. But who, who is, er, uh, he, he is the uncle of Othniel. Oh, yes. Yeah, I knew, I knew what you meant. But who is he? Who is Caleb? He was one of like, the 12 spies. Yes, one of the spies. And he palled around with who? Joshua, yes. So when, after Joshua dies, Caleb is the one who is leading briefly, and they're fighting the Canaanites. And he sends his men out to battle, and he says, whoever gets this city gets to marry my daughter. And uh, Othniel does, and then after Caleb dies, Othniel then takes up command and then is appointed to be the judge of Israel. He rescues Israel, okay? Uh, good. Number three. Whose turn is it to answer? He, okay, Seth, go ahead. Uh, Moses and the bonus was Pentateuch. Yes, Pentateuch is good. Heath, mm -hmm, do, do you have Pentateuch? Yeah. Good. Anna? Yeah. Okay, I would have accepted books of Moses too, but it seems a little bit cheeky if the answer is Moses, that books of Moses is the... One you pick. Pentateuch is what I was looking for. Good work. Uh, okay, and Heath number four. Did you get this one? No. Anna? Genesis? No, it's not Genesis. Seth? Um, well, I didn't know about Jesus. No. Proto Evangelium. First Gospel. That's. All it means is just Latin for first gospel. Genesis 3.15 is the verse of the Bible called the Proto-Evangelium, the first gospel. That's why I was not giving you the hint about first gospel. Proto-Evangelium. Okay, Anna, and the last one. Yes, you're the only Anna. Sorry, Adam. Yes, Adam is correct. Didn't I give, and, oh yes, this is the bonus. What is the sin of Adam, Anna? Original sin? No. Seth? Oh, what is sin? You put what? I put, um, that, I put original sin, but is it sin? No, it isn't. The, the name of the particular sin. Heath? I just put eight of the tree. Uh, that, no, the sin is pride. Remember, because they look at the fruit of the tree, and they decide for themselves that it's good. Adam and Eve look at the tree and they say, God says it's bad, but I decide I'm going to make what's good. The serpent. the serpent tempted them, but the serpent can't make them think anything. They chose to do that. Okay. Heath, how'd you do? Four out of five. Seth? Four out of five. Anna? Four out of Hey, look at you all. Hey, they're finally not six, and six out of five. <laughs> it's a real jackpot score. Okay, we're skipping ahead a little bit in your books just because we don't have time to do absolutely everything in here. But we've already kind of talked about uh, David and Saul and David and Solomon. I'll give you the brief synopsis here. Saul, you remember where we left off? 
What, hap- what had happened with Saul? Yes. Yes. Yes, he was told to kill every living thing, and he decided what was good and what was bad instead of listening to the Lord. And then, well, you have one right here. Your new one. Well, there'll be, there'll be more. You can bring it to Bible class. Yeah. Um, yes. So he disobeyed the Lord, and then the Lord said, "You're not going to be king anymore." And then what happens is the prophet Samuel goes out and finds who? Son of Jesse. The son of Baor, the husband of. Ruth, Boaz. or the son of, yeah, excuse me, Boaz, you're right, oops. Uh, who is the son of Jesse? Think about Christmas. Yeah, it's David. David is the son of Jesse. He's the youngest son of Jesse, and Samuel anoints David to be the new king uh, at the command of the Lord. And then... David uh, is hated by Saul. And David kills whom? Um, Saul? No, he doesn't kill Saul. He kills a big man from Gath. Oh, oh, Goliath. Correct. He kills Goliath, and all the people start following David instead of Saul. And Saul is troubled by a wicked spirit, and he runs David out of town, and he hunts after him to kill him uh, because he's angry with David. And... He persecutes David, and then David hides in a cave, and Saul goes into the cave to relieve himself, and David stands behind him and cuts off part of his robe with a knife and then hides, and then goes out to meet Saul and shows him the robe and says, I could have killed you, but I chose not to. I chose to have mercy on you. And uh, that happens. David has mercy on Saul and on his house. And Saul dies in battle dishonorably. And David becomes the king. And then David has a son named... The next king after David. There's a book in the Bible that bears his name and three that were written by him. Saul. What did you say? Saul. Not Saul. Saul comes before David. David has a son. Song of? Solomon. Solomon. Solomon is David's son. And then Solomon becomes king of Israel. And Solomon then uh, doesn't do so hot. And Solomon sins. And the punishment for Solomon's sin is that Israel will be divided. And then what happens is... Israel is split in two. There's the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Israel and Judah are the two. And then they are captured by the Assyrians and taken into, uh, or yes, taken into captivity. They're actually captured by the Assyrians and the Babylonians and taken into captivity two different times. And that's where, that's all the stuff that happens in between where we left off, and what we're going to look at today. So, 
Let us look at the book of Esther. When's the last time you read the book of Esther? Yeah, see, nobody reads the book of Esther. But this is a big time it's important a short book. book. It's not so short. Well, not very, but I mean, like, I just flip past it in two pages. Yeah, it is shorter, sort of like Ruth. Esther 1. Esther 1. Now, we're going to jump around a lot, and we have a lot to kind of cover and touch on briefly. So, um, some of this I'm going to read. So, I'm just going to quickly read this first little bit of chapter 1. Now, it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus. This was the Ahasuerus who reigned over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. Who is King Ahasuerus, you wonder? Have you heard of Xerxes? Have you ever heard that name? I've heard that name, but I don't remember. Of Persia. King Xerxes of Persia. That's who Ahasuerus is. I think we... I don't know if we learned that in history. Have you ever heard of the 300 Spartans? Yes. Yeah. Yep, I, yep, yep. I know. The 300 Spartans were fighting an army of Xerxes. Yes, Seth. Wait, what chapter of... One. We'll start at the very beginning. You know the sound of music? You kids, you need to watch The Sound of Music. It's got Julie Andrews in it. You know who Julie Andrews is? Mary Poppins? Yeah. I've never watched Mary Poppins. You've never seen Mary Poppins? I've never seen it, but I've heard my mom and the girls talking about it. Oh, Heath. You need to play. Now I just watched You need to play. You need to play less Fortnite and Farm Simulator. And less Call of Duty. Actually, I have not played on the Xbox in a little while. Well, good. Now all you need to do is watch Mary Poppins and The Sound of Music. But There's Nazis in The Sound of Music and singing children and puppet shows and monks and nuns. What's that? What's that? I'm just kidding. I don't know what that is. We don't have time for that, Heath. Okay, to the Book of Esther. King Ahasuerus. In those days when King Ahasuerus sat on the throne in his kingdom which was in Shushan, the citadel, that in the third year of his reign he made a feast for all his officials and servants, the powers of Persia and Media, the nobles and the princes of the provinces being before him, when he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the splendor of his excellent majesty for many days, 180 days in all. How'd you like to go to a party it, let's think of it like this. The President of the United States is going to hold a giant party, and the party is going to last for 180 days, and he's going to invite all of the most important people in the world and in the United States to come to his party, and the whole reason he's having the party is so that everyone can go and look at how great he is and how rich he is and all of the nice things that he has. Now, how does that sound? Yeah, kind of selfish and vain, doesn't it? Yeah. And when these days were completed, the king made a feast lasting seven days for all the people who were present in Shushan, the citadel. How'd you like to eat for seven days? Okay. A giant feast. Yes. Okay, so we're learning about the Muslims okay. right now. And this is the 
It's like the holy month where they don't eat during the mm -hmm. day. Ramadan. Yeah, Ramadan. Yes. Yep. We're learning about that. Now we got a test tomorrow, but I'm not going to be here. Well, I'm afraid I can't help you with that test. I don't but know much about that. I took the test today. Oh, well, very good. Then I wouldn't be able to help you anyway. Hey, so we made a feast lasting seven days for all the people who were present in the citadel from great to small, in the court of the garden of the king's palace. There were white and blue linen curtains fastened with cords of fine linen. Blue is very expensive. It's really expensive to make something the color blue because it's really hard to find the stuff you need to make the dye turn blue. So that's why blue and purple were the colors of kings, because it was really expensive to get stuff, fabric that was dyed that color. Well, gold is important because gold is a metal that's expensive. But as far as the clothes that you wear, if your clothes are blue, the blue and the purples were the most expensive. That's why kings wore them. So he's showing off, I'm not even wearing the color blue. I make curtains out of the color blue, this fabric. Fastened with cords of linen and purple on silver rods and marble pillars, and the couches were of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of alabaster, turquoise, and white and black marble. What a place! And they served drinks in golden vessels, each vessel being different from the other with royal wine in abundance, according to the generosity of the king. In accordance with the law, the drinking was not compulsory, for so the king had ordered all the officers of his household that they should do according to each man's pleasure. Queen Vashti also made a feast for the women in the royal palace, which belonged to King Ahasuerus. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mehuman, Bizta, Harbona, Bigtha, Abagtha, Zethar, and Carcass, seven eunuchs who served in the presence of King Ahasuerus, to bring Queen Vashti before the king, wearing her royal crown, in order to show her beauty to the people and the officials, for she was beautiful to behold. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command brought by his eunuchs, Therefore the king was furious, and his anger burned within him. Why did he command Vashti the queen to come? So he could show off. So he could show off what? That he's rich. Yes. Her beauty, yes. You're not... Excuse me, you're not wrong, Heath. He wants to show off that he's rich, but this time it's not about money. All the other things were about money. All marble pillars and golden cups and the best wine and purple curtains. All of that stuff is just how much money I have that I can afford to do this. But he's rich with Queen Vashti because of her beauty. She is beautiful. She is his trophy wife. And he wants her to come out into the middle of the feast so that all the other men can look at her and be jealous that she is not their beautiful wife. Is that the way a good husband behaves? Nope. No, it is not. It is not. Uh, so, what happens next? Chapter 2, verse 1. Heath. 
After these things, when the anger of King Ahasuerus. 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 Bad, uh, bad. He remembered Vashti and what she had done and what had been declared against her. Mm -hmm. Then the king's servants who attended him said, Let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king. And let the king appoint officers in all the, the provinces of his kingdom to gather all the beautiful young virgins to the harem in Susa, the capital, under custody of Haggai, a king's eunuch, who was in charge of the woman. Let their cosmetics be given them. Mm -hmm. And this says beauty preparations. He Basically, he wants to get all of these women all of the most beautiful women from all around the land together and then have them put on all their makeup and their fanciest clothes and their fanciest dresses to make themselves look as beautiful as possible. Why? Then let the young woman who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. So what is Vashti's punishment for not going <clears throat> and parading around, Seth? Oh, she's replaced by another one. Yes. Yes, who pleases the king the most. She gets kicked out. Hey, you're not the queen anymore. You're not going to do what I say? Well, then I'm not going to let you be the queen. I'll find somebody else, somebody who's younger and more beautiful than you, and she'll be the new queen. And now it's, they're going to have a little bit of a beauty pageant. All of these women get together, and he, the king is going to pick the one that he likes the most. Uh... This thing pleased the king, and he did so. Five. Heath. Sure. Um, now there was a Jew in Susa, the citadel, whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jer, son of Shemir, son of Kish, a Benjamite. Mm -hmm. Benjamin. Yes. Where are we? Verse 6. Chapter 2. Chapter two. Um, Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captives who had been captured with Jeconiah. Jeconiah, yep. Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom... Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, mm -hmm. had carried away. He was bringing up Hadassah, that is Esther, the daughter of his uncle, mm -hmm. for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman had a beautiful figure and was lovely, lovely to look at. And when her father and her mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. Yes. So who is Esther? Uh, this. Go ahead. 
Seth? Oh, she just walked in. Her, both her parents died. Mm -hmm. And what do you call somebody who... A, a, a child who orphan. doesn't have parents. Yes, an orphan. She is an orphan from where? Jerusalem. Yep, from Jerusalem. And she is... Raised by her uncle. Yeah, Mordecai, her uncle. And what is her, her race and her religion? If she's from Jerusalem... No, Anna? Baal? No, from Jerusalem, the holy city, Jerusalem. Who are the people that live in Jerusalem? Jews. Yes, yeah. Jews. She is a Jew. She's a Jew. She's an orphan girl from Jerusalem. And Mordecai takes her as his own daughter and protects her and raises her. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young women were gathered at Shushan the citadel under the custody of Haggai, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace into the care of Haggai, the custodian of the women. Why was Esther taken to the king's palace? Heath, why is Esther taken? Because she... Why are women being taken to the... Because they're... Because... Kit, what's her Kit, uh, How do you pronounce her name? That? Vashti. Vashti. She wasn't following the king's order, so... Uh, they're gathering every woman. To, and it's uh, kind of like a beauty pageant. Yeah, it's like a beauty pageant. So they want the most beautiful of the women. So, if Esther's being taken, then what does that mean about Esther? Oh, she's beautiful. Yeah, she's beautiful. And it says, the young woman was lovely and beautiful. So, she is one of the most beautiful women because the king's messengers and servants saw her and decided that she was one that should be brought to the capital. So, she's there with all these other people. Uh, now, verse 9. And a young woman pleased him and won his favor. And he quickly provided her with her uh, cosmetics. Yeah, cosmetics. Cosmetics and her portion of food. And were seven chosen young women from the king's palace and advanced her and her young women to the best place in the harem. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um... Esther had not revealed her people or family for Mordecai. Mordecai. Mordecai had charged her not to reveal. Yes. Why? Why has she not revealed that she is a Jew? Because Mordecai commanded her not to. Make yeah. Because Mordecai told her, "Hey, don't tell them this." Why do you think Mordecai would tell her not to do that? So they could get food. Sure, so they could get food. Yes, Seth? Oh, that's because still, uh, the king like, doesn't, um, he, he obviously does not believe that religion. That's true, yes, he doesn't believe that. So, and if, if, he, if, she, if he knew that she didn't 
uh, if he was, she was a Jew, he would probably not pick her because, well, even maybe he would, but it's not the same religion. Yes, that's, a, that's uh, a good thought as well. That is also partly correct. He, uh, what, are, what is the position of the Jews right now? Are they in their homeland? Are they in Jerusalem right now? No, they're in Assyria. They've been captured. Uh, they are captives in another land. So they're also not the primary citizens. So, Mordecai does not want Esther to reveal that also, so that the king does not look at her and realize that she is a captive, so that he might not, or so that he uh, doesn't perhaps kill her even. Uh, okay, and what else does Mordecai do? Seth, verse 11. Mm -hmm. Why does he do that? It's like, if, if it's made known that she's a captive or a Jew, then the king could kill her. Sure, yes. So, and, so why does he always seek the news of how she's doing? To like make sure she doesn't like get killed or like, is she safe? Yeah, because he's, he's still trying to take care of her even though she's now here at the palace. Because he is her caretaker. He's like her father. Because he raised her as his own. So he loves her and he wants to know of his well-being and uh, try to take care of her the best that he can. Each young woman's turn came to go into King Ahasuerus after she had completed 12 months preparation according to the regulations for the women. For thus were the days of their preparation apportioned. Six months with oil of myrrh and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. That's a long beauty pageant. When the young woman went into the king in this way, she was given whatever she desired to take with her from the harem harem mm -hmm. to the king's palace. In the evening, she went and in the morning she returned to the second house of the women to the custody custody yep shashgaz yeah how'd you like how'd you like that name hey shashgaz that'd be cool <laughs> the king's eunuch eunuch who kept the who kept the concubines. Yeah. Concubines? Mm -hmm. She would not go into the king again unless the king delighted in her and called her by name. Yes. Do you know what a eunuch is? A eunuch is a man who has had his man bits removed. So eunuchs were often servants of kings or queens because the king could trust them because since they didn't have any bits, they would not try to commit adultery with the queen. That is also why the eunuchs are the ones who take care of all the women because the king says, well, what are they going to do? 
they don't have anything that they can use. That is a eunuch. Not fun to be a eunuch. Now, oh, whoops, sorry, it's you, Seth, verse 15. Then the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his own daughter, to go into the king. She asked for nothing except what Haggai, the king's eunuch, who had charge of the woman, advised. Now Esther was one in favor in the eyes of all who saw her. So Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus, I'll finish this up, into his royal palace in the tenth month, which is the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. The king then made a great feast, the Feast of Esther, for all his officials and servants. And he proclaimed a holiday in the provinces and gave gifts according to the generosity of a king. So what happens when the king sees Esther? Well, she, she asked for nothing except um, Well, he told her what she should bring, yeah. And he, she, she, she listened to him and only did what he... Uh, recommended, yes. Uh, but what, what was the king's reaction when he sees her? What does he think about Esther, Anna? That she's pretty? She Not just that she's pretty, but what, Heath? Um, Seth? He loved her more than all the he loved her more than any of the other women. He didn't just desire her, he loved her. She was the one that he wanted, and what did he do? Who won the beauty contest, Heath? Esther. Esther, which means, what does she get? Oh, she's the anything she wants. Well, yeah, anything she wants, but she also is made to be the queen. So now Vashti's gone, and Esther is the queen. Now, to chapter 3. I'm just, we're running out of time, so I'm going to... have, like, eight minutes yeah, so I'm going to read this quickly. After these things, the king promoted Haman, the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes who were with him. Now Haman is the right-hand man to the king. And all the king's servants who were within the gate bowed and paid homage to Haman, for so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage." Then the king's servants who were within the king's gate said to Mordecai, Why do you transgress the king's command? Now it happened when they spoke to him daily and he would not listen to them, that they told it to Haman to see whether Mordecai's words would stand. For Mordecai had told them that he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow or pay him homage, Haman was filled with wrath. But he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had told him of the people of Mordecai. Instead, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews who were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, the people of Mordecai. So Haman then goes to the king and he says, Oh, there's people here whose laws are different than your laws and who don't do what you say they're supposed to do. I'd like to kill them. And the king says, you may. 
why does he do this? Why does Haman want to kill all of the Jews? Because they don't listen to the king. Sure, because they don't listen to the king. But he has a personal reason, which is that they don't bow to him. Why won't they bow to him? Why won't the Jews bow to him? Mordecai won't bow to him. Is Haman God? They're not going to bow to him just like Daniel and uh, his friends aren't going to bow down to a golden statue. They only give worship to God and Haman is not God. But he seeks to kill all of the Jews. Now, we're going to jump to chapter 7. So the king and Haman went in to dine with Queen Esther. And on the second day at the banquet of wine, the king again said to Esther, What is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you. What do you want? I told you I would give you anything. And what is your request? up to half of the kingdom, and it shall be done. Then Queen Esther answered and said, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we have been sold, my people and I, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. Had we been sold as male and female slaves, I would have held my tongue, although the enemy could never compensate me for the king's loss. And the king says, who does this to you? And she says, Haman. So Haman was terrified. Now, what happens to Haman? He gets hanged. Put to death. And we don't have time to continue reading, but we have more to talk about, Heath. We don't have time to keep going through this. But what happens is, that because Esther made a petition of the king, he granted her his, her petition. He killed Haman and he saved the, the people. So why is, why is it so important that Esther makes requests of the king to save her people? Yes, the king will listen to her because he loves her. Now, who does this? Who should this make you think of? Jesus. Yes, why, Heath? Why? Because Jesus loves everybody. Okay, Jesus loves everyone. Yes, but what does Jesus do? He sacrificed his, all. He sacrificed himself for all. Yes, all correct. So just as Esther has devotion for her people, so that she stands up before the king and says. Please do not kill these people, but save them. Christ does the same thing. Don't kill these people. I will die in their stead. Have mercy upon them for my sake. This is why the book of Esther is important, because Esther is a, a person who points ahead to Christ. How Christ behaves, that's how Esther behaves. Uh, the Israelites, this is also important because 
of the promise that the Lord has made. He said, I will always be with you. Whoever blesses you, I will bless. Whoever curses you, I will curse. So even if they are not in Jerusalem and taken away into a distant land, is the Lord still with them? Yes. Yes, he is. And how do the people know that the Lord is still with them? Because Haman tried to kill all of them. Haman tried to kill all of them. And what happened to him? Yes, and a faithful woman stood up and interceded, remember, to intercede, to go between, interceded on behalf of the people and saved them. Uh, the promises of the Lord, they don't, they're not tied up with time or location. God doesn't say, well, for 10 years, as long as you're in Jerusalem, I'll give you a limited access to me and to my blessings. But after that, or if you leave Jerusalem, well, all bets are off. He says, no. Forever you are my people and I'll take care of you, even when you are in another land. Okay? Now, here is your uh, term. Here are your terms. You need to learn Esther. You need to learn Mordecai. And you need to learn King Ahasuerus, which is also Xerxes. But I would prefer that you remember it as Ahasu Eris. I may or I may not. That's the kind of bonus point I certainly might give. So I'll just put it may or may not on there. <laughs> uh, but I'd prefer that you remember it as Ahasu Eris because that's how it is in the Hebrew and so in the Bible. Wait, so Esther to what? Esther, Mordecai and King Ahasuerus. Just those three. And then here's the catechism. We're done with the creed. So now we're going to the table of duties. And what you need to learn is the duties to parents. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That's on page 34 of the, of the catechism book. Okay? Ephesians 6, 4. That's what you need to learn. Pretty short one, too. Because I have two questions for you. Yes? So, the one is, um, what is linked to that book? I don't know. It was a Christmas present, but if you'd like, I can look it up and see if I can find it. Okay. Would you do that for me? Yep. And also, um, I got a very deep question. Okay. Whenever Jesus resurrected for three days, do you think it would have been like a, maybe a hundred years for him? Or do you think it would just, just be three days? I think it was three days. Yeah. When Christ descends into hell, and he descends into hell and proclaims his victory, and he leads away all of the people in hell that are captive. Yes? I have a question. So, like, in heaven, is it the same time like I don't know, but I would think maybe not. Because with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years. So I think when you are in heaven in the presence of the Lord, time probably doesn't really work the way it does here. That's what I would say. 
So maybe a whole thousand years goes by when you blink your eyes there. Do you think um, whenever our great, like even our great great ancestors up there, like whenever we go to heaven, they'll just be like, oh, that's fast. At the resurrection of of the flesh when Christ comes back again and everyone pops up out of the grave and looks at him and looks at everybody else, it'll be like you went to sleep and took a nap and then woke up a few hours later, but it feels like no time at all. Oh, I slept for four hours? I didn't even realize it. It felt like the blink of an eye. Everyone's going to look around and go, boy, that was really fast. It, no time went by at all. Hey, it's good to see you all again. That's how it'll work. Okay? All right. We got to go pray. There's so many more questions I have about <laughs> Well, good thing you're sticking around for adult Bible class. That's all the kind of stuff we're talking about right now. Bye.